Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. And now, your hosts, Casey Smith and Tyler Jones. This is Rut Fresh Radio, powered by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, Casey Smith, and today we are talking to hunters from across the country who are dealing with some adverse warm weather conditions, but they are hopeful for big bucks. This is Rut Fresh Radio brought to you by Vortex Optics. I'm Tyler Jones, one of your hosts. KC Smith is the other guy you hear from every once in a while on this thing. Hey. And he's been hunting in Texas I have. lately. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it like, is. Man, Texas Seems early. has some deer, but they usually don't come out until like December. So yep. I've been uh, actually, we have a pretty good little cold front for early season in Texas. So I decided to try to capitalize on that. We'll talk about all that here in a little bit. But right now we're going to talk about how we rut freshen. All right. Like it is like <laughs> so getting fresh. so fresh right now, dude, oh, dude because I'm, I'm feeling that refreshness outside. It's you know got I mean? a little refreshness it in does, the air. Dude. I can see the clouds coming from the northwest. Oh, the wind is actually out of the east right now, it which is, is weird. It's, it's sucking to that front, I think, oh, and then it's yeah. going to switch. It's creating it's one be... of them viral vortexes that goes, <laughs> you know, in a cyclone. <laughs> that right. goes, yep. Uh, uh, yeah. Is this Tornado Alley? Uh, I believe we're at the stop sign at the end of Tornado Alley right now. Gotcha. I don't know for sure if that's the well, case. Well, I guarantee you it'll be a stop sign because Illinois wants to tell you what to do. It won't be a yield. <laughs> no, it won't be Tyler, a... you just gave it away. We're in Illinois right Golly, now. We are dude. buck trucking. All right, guys. Y'all might have heard a little bit about this. You're going to hear a whole lot more about it soon. But we've been buck trucking around the country, uh, doing some videoing, doing some buck slaying, mm. and uh, having a ton of fun along the way. I can't wait to share that with y'all. Uh, we've been in Nebraska, South Dakota. Now we're headed to Illinois, buck trucking around just some 
good friends, going hunting, driving around in a truck, which is what all of us do. Man, right? isn't that just the goal? That is the way it works, man. The goal is to do that, plus have a couple old, big old, just noggerheads in the back. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just big old suckers. Old so that's what, that's what we're trying to find is uh, some big bucks here in Illinois, and this is a place where they live. Um, We've got some guys on the podcast today that have also been chasing some big old headed bucks running around, and even a little bit of success, man. You know, funny enough, maybe it's because I've blocked this out, but I did not hear much about the October lull this year. Did you hear much about the October lull, people talking about that very much? I think there's been a little bit, you know. uh, I think there's an article that Mark wrote recently about the October lull. I think he thinks it's real. Um, and then there's also, uh, <laughs> last, thinks all kinds of last stuff, week, dude. you know, you were doing a lot of hunting. I did a lot of podcasting with some fellers and, uh, there seemed to be a, not like they were calling it the October lull, but it definitely felt like it when I was talking to them on the podcast, like they were experiencing that lull in yeah. action. So. so Tyler, uh, since you kind of did a little tongue in cheek thing there about the October lull, you and I probably feel pretty similar about this, but I would like to ask you for your explanation of the perceived October lull? I don't believe in Halloween. That's good. Me neither. Uh, Actually, I do believe it exists, but uh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't celebrate it. No, but um, I think that with that being said, ghosts, you know, are kind of <laughs> not really a thing to me. Yeah. And, um I think that those deer are actually, they don't disappear or turn into ghosts. I think they are actually deer living on the landscape somewhere and that they have to be up during daylight hours at some point. Um, it doesn't mean they're not difficult to kill, right? Nothing but. is. It, nothing goes unexplained. There is an explanation for everything. Yeah. Uh, and perception is reality. So there is no such thing as a lull, but you do perceive it. Sometimes I believe it is. It has something to do with. There's a. Is that a coyote or deer in the pet pasture mm. right there in October, yeah, dude? I see it, dude. Lulling? Okay, so no. it's either perceived as you not adjusting to the new deer pattern quickly enough, or uh, I kind of had a thought the other day that these bucks go and readjust uh, their home ranges, you know, after the velvet sheds and the testosterone starts ramping up, and all of a sudden they're like, uh, just they got their little danger zone right here, right? And they don't want to venture out too far because they're going to have to fight, but they don't want anybody in their zone either because they're going to fight them. Yep. So, like, they just might not move as far. Cue the music. Welcome to the danger zone. Welcome to it. That's right. <laughs> Miles Teller right here, dude. We're going down. <laughs> Going to kill some big bucks in Illinois. Tyler, who have we talked to this week about uh, big old bucks around the country? The bobs that we've been, <laughs> that these guys have been chasing um, are very real. And they've been in a couple of states. We've been talking to Adam Kaufman from West Virginia, Jordan Barnes from Kentucky. We're going to hear from Alex Comstock in Minnesota and Johnny Stewart, not to be confused with Johnny Morris from Pennsylvania. Or John Stewart. Or John one. Stewart. Yeah. That's correct. Yep. He's... Never mind. Uh, so, yeah. Um, we got a lot of good reports uh, from across the country and actually some uh, tactics that I appreciated learning more about, honestly, because yeah. um, I kind of get in my groove of, like, the way I do things, and it is good to hear from other people about, like, the way they are hunting deer and how you can use that. Even if it's not the area you're from, you can take tactics used in else or in other parts of the country and apply them to your certain situation. So, uh, as a bonus... 
this week. All I'm right. Tell y'all about Texas. Golly, all tell right. them about it, dude. I'm tell them about it. Uh, Texas is a dust bowl, right? Isn't that now. place where y'all just do whatever and they yeah, go man. running everywhere? There's yeah. deer everywhere. They just actually put a high fence up around the whole state. Just keep all the deer <laughs> in one spot. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, there's actually is some public ground in Texas, and it's wild. Uh, it doesn't always have the highest deer densities, and that's what I've been hunting. Uh, the there's this thing, okay? Yep. Where you start seeing scrapes pop up mid-October, mm-hmm. and I have decided that those scrapes are liars, okay? Those Hang scrapes on. are not real. You're just imagining those things. Oh, uh, these deceptive scrapes. That's a, that's a metaphorical version of what I'm actually trying to say is that those things can be misnomers or red herrings, as uh, oh. some people like to say, okay? Yeah. They can lead you astray from the true reality of, of nature, and that is tiny bucks like to get out there and get all ambitious, right? But the big bucks, they know exactly what they're doing, and they ain't getting out there and hitting them scrapes on October 12th. They're waiting. And uh, you'll see a whole bunch of these little scrapes pop up, and then you'll see them die. And that's because a little buck just got fired up and wanted to do something there. But actually, uh, there will be a big scrape somewhere start to open up about this time of year. And I think that, like, the 20s of October is when you can actually start looking and seeing which scrapes are staying active and make some moves according to that. But I think that I am going to start focusing on rubs more. Which sounds weird because I've always mm. kind of uh, not been mm. too big on that. But I learned this week, if you find a particular type of rub, like a rub on a big tree that looks like it has been hit multiple times. Uh, I like to call those Peters. Yeah. P-T-O-R's, particular types of rubs. All right. I like that, too. I'm going to start using that. Okay. So you, you find a Peter. You find a Peter out there, <laughs> and you will find that a shooter buck exists in the area. And you need to make moves according to that. So. Going forward, I would say Texas is is going to be on the ramp up, okay? I, I would have given it pretty low scores last week. But this upcoming week, I mean, we're looking at a solid six, I think. And I hey, think that's a pretty good number. Six out of ten, yeah, man. 60% that's, of the that's time. That's where I'm at for, for uh, East Texas, at least. You know, Texas has about 17 quadrants, which doesn't even make any sense if you actually think about it. But yeah. it's, a, it's a real big place. So One of your uh, favorite things is when guys from – different states uh, other than texas especially smaller ones that uh they'll be like yeah east central you know or whatever uh-huh. my state and you're like oh well the 903 area code's bigger than your whole state <laughs> That's right. so uh yeah <laughs> it's a big old spot man. it's one of your favorite things man to talk about is yeah. how these guys love to break those things down you know That's right, man but i appreciate the specificity of specificity because it's so fa- yeah the specificness the specificity uh, of, of our so, city let's <laughs> Let's get to some of our fellers here and see what's going on around the country. I'm with Adam Kaufman of the Wild Turkey Alliance. This dude just locked a big old buck in West Virginia. Adam, what's going on, man? Well, it's Monday, so it's back to work in reality. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't let the shine wear off that fast, right? No, you know, I did. I killed it Thursday evening, so I had the high all weekend, and then it's back to reality today. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. That's cool, though, man. It looks like you've had a a pretty good uh, hunting season up there so far. Um, What has been going on in your neck of the woods, deer-wise? Actually, it's been a a really nice October. You know, I I don't know if you guys have seen or not, but my wife killed her first deer. Um. The first, back in September, then the first day actually. So wow, she really nice eleven one forty four and four eight. So Golly. that was her first year. Golly, first buck, compound bow. It was a, it's it's been a good it's been a good season already. Boy, howdy! I tell you what. So uh, with with that success already, I'm sure you kind of 
I, you know, it could go two ways with this. You could have a lot of pressure on yourself, or you could just be hunting free, you know? So did you go into hunting this buck that you were after uh, kind of with that free spirit, or were you really trying to get after him? Actually, it was her. It was her turn. I've been getting grief from her, you know, because she wanted her first deer. And mm-hmm. what the cool thing about this story is she she missed this deer in 2019 as a three-and-a-half-year-old. Wow. Yeah, so this we were set up really trying to kill him but when this big 11 come in in september i said honey you can't pass this deer and she's like no and <laughs> all of it all on video it was i can't you know that was my season then and then this comes down thursday and i, I just I, I i couldn't ask for another season but i don't go on vacation i go on vacation monday for two weeks so i feel i feel free to be honest with you <laughs> that's cool so what was the tactic you were using to capitalize on this big buck uh, get as close to him as I could. Yeah. He, he's, uh, he has been tough. That's you know, a good I, archery I, I, tactic, man. <laughs> that works. <laughs> yeah. I, in October, that's all you can do. In my opinion, you yeah. know, I don't, I don't hunt mornings in October. I'll be honest with you, not till late October. Yeah. So I don't, I try hunt less, out more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so, my tactic. So you were setting up close to bedding in the evening? Yeah, actually, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I actually he had when I heard him coming, he wasn't out of his bed for too long. But yeah, yeah, big old uh, cowlick on him. That's how I can always tell. They still got that cowlick on their their rump, you know, where they kind of been sitting sideways. That's how you know you're close <laughs> to the bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. So how'd you how'd you find his bed? Well, I, I I'd be scared to even know how many hours I put into this deer and mm-hmm. trying to find him and and just getting my tail whipped by him. But I started finding really, really big rubs. And I lost him last year before he rubbed his elbow, so I never seen him off all. And then I caught back up to him, as I usually do in the summer. And I started finding his rubs there just about 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. Massive rubs. So I knew he wasn't far. He's not going to go somewhere far and do all that kind of sign. So mm-hmm. I knew it was close. And I started using the cell cams a little deeper and keeping my other cameras that I had to check further away from him, and I was picking him up. So, and he actually showed up Thursday morning while I was at work, and I thought, man, I, I've got to get in there this evening. So I did, and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. So, so going forward, are you are you would you continue trying to get close to bucks, like in the yeah. next week, to their bedding? You know, it's, it seems like right now the light switch. My cameras are really. I'm getting bucks now that I have never seen already. So it seems to me like. Uh, it seems like this is unfolding a little bit earlier than what I'm used to. You, gotcha. Usually by Halloween weekend is when this goes down, but it seems like it's starting now a little early for me that I'm accustomed to. Man, here. that's actually pretty exciting news. I know that uh, I've seen a little bit of that as well. It seems even with the hot temperatures, I don't know. Or have y'all been having unseasonably warm temperatures there in West Virginia? Yeah, we have. We had the really cold mornings, the really pretty afternoons, but then by evening, the sun's down. It is. I mean, you're, you're reaching for that coat, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, I know y'all are pretty far on the eastern side of the, of the country, but a lot of the country is going to experience a weather front this week. Is that going to get to y'all? It is, but it doesn't. it's not going to be as big. I like it. If I can get a 10-degree temperature change from one day, so it looks like Thursday for us is going to be that day. Mm-hmm. looks like it's going to be 75 to 63 or something like that. But uh, yeah. if I see that coming, I, I want to be in the woods that, that next day for sure. Yeah, for sure. So uh, with that looming, uh, are you going to be – Still trying to be close to bedding, you hitting scrapes, or, or what's your your major tactic going to be going forward? Honestly, going forward, I'm going to I'm going to be uh, 
trying to hunt these cruise roads. So we got a lot of, you know, the big mountains and these, these bucks like to run these, what we call skidding log roads. Mm-hmm. These, these bucks like to run They're horizontal roads around these mountains. And that's mm-hmm. the way they like to run. That's cool. I'll try to find, try to find some big rubs, you know, set up one of scrapes and just wait. Yep. Man, sounds like you have got some stuff in store coming up, dude. It's an exciting time of the year. If you had to rate the next week of deer hunting coming up, if you're going to rate buck movement between a scale of one to 10, what would you call it? I, honestly, this week coming up, I think it's going to be hot between eight and 10. I like this. Woo! I like this. In my opinion, and with my experience with this time of year, this area coming up around Halloween is always, I kill a deer every year this time of year. Mm. Yeah, buddy. It's mm. almost in this area now you know when you start getting that lockdown it seems like things slow down and you're really doing a lot of setting in the stand and not seeing anything and yeah i really really like uh last of october i do i've always have man exciting times and i love the confidence you got dude i know you're gonna have a great hunt and we appreciate the info absolutely thanks for having me guys all right right now i've got jordan barnes with close proximity he's been hunting in georgia what's been going on dude Man, not much. Uh, just logging some all-day sets in the swamps. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of looking around. A yeah. lot of looking around at every little noise. Yeah, and uh, the squirrels will get you this time of year, man. <laughs> yeah, squirrels, coons, turkeys. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been in the deer pretty good. Uh, pretty good so far this year. Just man, I'm just real close to getting air in a nice buck. Just hasn't uh. Hadn't transpired yet. Sure. Uh, passed a lot of nice deer. Yeah. Um, you know, cruising mid morning, um, middle of the day, cruising downwind of doe bedding. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely searching. Cool. So this time. is this is like you're near the coast, and this is this is pretty close to prime rut for you, I'm guessing. And so, you, are you hunting like doe bedding uh, a lot of times and hunting that downwind side, or what? What's your main 100%. tactic? Hundred percent all day, every yeah. day. I, I don't. I don't care about sign really. Um, I don't take uh, really a whole lot of importance. I mean, this is crazy to some people, but it's how I find the big deer. Um, I don't pay attention to really hot sign, fresh sign. I pay attention to doe bedding. Like everything revolves around doe bedding. Uh, for me, doesn't matter if there's big rubs there or not. Um, I'm hunting downwind side of doe bedding, hunting to exploit the tendency, and I, and that's where I'm I'm getting on all these big deer. So, in your neck of the woods, what is doe bedding? Like when you're identifying that, whether it's on a map or on the ground, how are you finding that? It could be clear cut. It could be um, tie tie bays. Uh, just any any change in habitat that's thick. I mean, a lot of times, to be honest with y'all, I'll walk. Um, miles late season and identify where i'm jumping doe family groups mm-hmm. and that's all i need mm-hmm. and then i'll go back in there at the right time of year and just hunt downwind of it mm-hmm. um you know we got a lot of a lot of north stuff right now so i've got you know i'll get on the downwind side of it for north and then if it switches on me and goes south southwest southeast I'll just rotate to get on the downwind side of it on a different angle. Are you, uh, I'm really interested in this because we're about to go, you know, we're a little bit behind where we're headed of what you're talking about rut fest wise. Uh, but are you trying to sandwich those bucks between you and the doe bedding? Like, are you setting up like 
20 yards south of the trail you expect the deer, uh, downwind, let me say that, of the trail you expect the deer to be on, or are you sitting up on the trail or upwind of it, or how do you really configure that? So I'm just, basically, I've noticed that um, sometimes you might have, like the weather forecast might be, let's say the weather forecast is, well, let's just start off. I don't want to, I'm not trying to take up all y'all's time, but <laughs> let me try to explain it this way. Um, so let's say you get the, the weather and it says, okay, I want to go hunt downwind of this Tai Bay and it pinches right next to a slough or something, or it's a cane thicket and it pinches next to a slough. All right. And I see there's like a, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's, it's a north wind. So I'm going to hunt the south side of that. All right. Um, well, sometimes let's say it's, it could be a south wind and that's, that might be the wrong wind, but the first four or five hours of the day, if it's real calm, the thermals might suck mm-hmm. to still pull down wind. So mm-hmm. I'll, sometimes I'll still hunt at that first portion and then I'll get down, get in the boat or get down, walk the bank out or something and get on the other side of it for lunch. Like once the day winds start. So mm-hmm. it's just. The main thing to grasp or that, that I try to put a handle on is just making sure I'm downwind. Yeah. I just need to be downwind of where those does are spending their time, where where they're and that then that can change throughout the year sometimes, but typically wherever I'm jumping, if I walk late season, I'm jumping a bunch of doe family groups. I'm jumping them early season in the summer, I'm jumping them late season. That's a perennial doe bedding area. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna get my attention more so than oh, here's a bunch of rubs and scrapes somewhere. Yeah. Um, Man, you don't hear many people talking about doe bedding right now, and it's definitely something I've used to kill deer on too. I I like it a lot. So I'm glad you're talking about this. Now, going forward in the next week or or, or so, I know, you know, in the south, the the rut trickles a little harder than it does in the Midwest and up north. But um, are you going to still employ the same tactics? Do you like that going forward? And, and do you feel comfortable saying that the deer are going to be moving pretty good, uh, checking doe bedding next week? Absolutely, man. I mean, that is that is the main tendency. Um, I mean, that's what we're already trying to exploit. I think everybody's got different little ways that they, you know, strategies they go about it. But to me, I mean, that's the meat and potatoes of, of, uh, of exploiting the buck's tendency. Yeah, yes. Uh, so – Vast majority of the year. Gotcha. I mean, different days will come in estrus. You know, every she doesn't get bred like in the south. There's so many does. Everybody wants to pass the ten does to shoot the buck. So a lot of times, what happens is if they don't get bred, obviously y'all know this. They don't get bred that first cycle. They'll come in in about 28 days later. Yeah. So it's it's just a trickle. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm going to keep hunting that that same tendency sure so scale of one to ten what do you assume buck movement will be like there on the coastal marshes of georgia next week well um i i guess saturday i had a shooter you know for down here i mean mature buck you know probably poking young on a doe like full all out Mm -hmm. um so i'm sure some of them bucks will lock down, but for the most part, I mean, it's going to be a lot of cruising, a lot of late morning cruising all day, middle of the day, two o'clock. I mean, it could happen any second. Um, and that'll pretty much stay pretty consistent throughout, you know, I guess the rest of October, first part of November. Gotcha. So if you had to put a number on it, one to 10, what do you think? 
I'd say it's high. Like, I mean, right now is the time to be in the woods. Ten. I mean, oh, right ten, baby. That gummit, right that's now, cool. If, if if you're in middle to south, if you're in South Georgia, and, and you're not in this tree right now, you, you should be. That gummit. <laughs> like All it. right, dude. Well, thanks for the report, man, and we'll be talking to you soon. Yeah, man. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised grass-fed and finished cattle heart and soils unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean convenient taste-free capsule find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash MeatEater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash MeatEater. All right, I got Alex Comstock from Whitetail DNA. What's happening, man? You've been in Minnesota lately, huh? Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time in the woods uh, here in Minnesota, but not been uh, seeing much deer. Yeah. You know, you ever heard of the Headless Horseman comes out around Halloween? <laughs> you've, been, yeah. you've been dealing with anything like that lately? You know, it doesn't really ring a bell, but... <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> oh man, I I feel for you. Um, sometimes you find out that a, the big buck you're chasing gets shot. I actually found that out last year uh, around my my house. So I know what it feels like. It's not a good feeling. But you've still been out there after them. What uh, what exactly are you kind of focusing on right now when you think about tactically how to harvest a big buck in Minnesota right now? Yeah, I've been kind of, you know, in the last week or so, I've been focusing on just areas. Um, been trying to push close to bedding, trying to find scrapes uh, that are, you know, what I would call close to bedding and not just scrapes that I think are getting hit at night. Um, you know, here we had a pretty good acorn crop, but being as far north as we are, the acorns pretty much got decimated and all dropped early, really early, like late September. Mm. Um, so um, I've been really just trying to focus in on getting – pushing close to bedding, um, you know, trying to find those scrapes. And it's been, it's been tough because I haven't really been able to find, um, much as far as daylight activity has been going. So, yeah. How, uh, how, how are you finding or what do you assume, you know, how are you making the assumptions of bedding, I guess? Um, a, a mix of just, you know, I've, where I hunt, it's, uh, it's, you know, a suburban area. And so I can do quite a bit of walking in the woods on types of trails, mm-hmm. um, snowmobile trails, hiking trails without being invasive and can, you know, for like example, I actually was out hanging cams, uh, last week and was walking a snowmobile trail and kicked up the buck that I, one of the bucks I've been after and he was bedded, you know, 40 yards off a snowmobile trail. So I didn't really do any harm. Um, but I, boom, knew where he's bedded right there. Mm-hmm. And, um, stuff like that essentially. Um, and then just trying to get into areas that, you know, um, finding if I can find any type of food source and trying to, you know, backtrack essentially, but, um, that's pretty much what I've been doing up here in Minnesota. Give them that old tough acting to acting boom trick, you know, like that's the way you <laughs> yeah. do it. Uh, so, uh, that urban thing is real interesting because you're not like hunting backyard deer, but you're hunting deer that are, uh, you know, in urban zones, right? And so pressure is just different in that stuff. And I kind of want to pick your brain about that just a little bit. Uh, you know, you say you bump that deer off the snowmobile trail, but I'm sure he's used to people. But at the same time, you never know when some, you know, Meemaw has walked her dog down the same trail and has bumped him like that day. So how do you uh, kind of, do you have specific days of the week that you feel are better in those type situations? Or like, how are you navigating that? Yeah, it's, it's a super tricky, um, topic of discussion. We could probably do an hour long podcast on it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's so true. in the fact that, you know, what I found is if you're on these trails, you know, deer are so used to, they know where the trails are. They're used to people going by. It's when you stop or if you venture off the trails is when they, they know immediately. So that buck, we caught a glimpse of him as we were walking by him. We were already past him. And if we would have just kept walking, I guarantee you, he would have not, you know, given two cares in the world. The fact that we stopped, backed up, and we're like, holy crap, look at you, you throw your bios up. And then immediately you knew something was up mm-hmm. and he's, you know, out of there. So it's a kind of a catch 22, but it does also allow me to walk through and, you know, I can scout by taking these trails and jump off the trail, checking area out back on the trail. And it's just, the pressure is the way, the way you put it is, is good is different. And I found that, you know, the early morning, late evening, when the least time people are on the trails is when deer, you know, most active or most likely to get up and start, you know, crossing some of these trails and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. So going forward, what are you going to be focusing on in the next week or so? <clears throat> I'm trying to find as much deer sign as possible. I've been um, pretty much every sit I've been in a different tree, 
just going with the saddle and, you know, looking for sign and scrapes and, you know, until we've got a ton of cell cams out and they've just been dead. So as long as those stay dead, I'm just hunting for scrapes right now back where I believe deer are bedded, not just, you know, for, to translate to other people, you know, not just like field edge scrapes, you know, essentially, sure. um, you know, trying to get back into the cover. And if you can find those, you know, seemingly active scrapes, I think now, and, and there, obviously deer are going to start, um, you know, uh, focusing on dose here pretty quick. So kind mm. of that kind of combination. Yeah. So with that in mind and weather and moon and whatever else you consider typically when you like to think about hyping for whitetail, what would you assume buck movement will be like based on a scale of one to 10 in the next week? You know, I'm hoping we can get over a five. So I'm going to go with six. All right. Um, it's been warm here. Uh, it's been pretty warm. I mean, we're, we were pushing 70 yesterday, which where I'm at, oh. northern Minnesota, is really, really warm. Scorcher. Oh, gra- um, oh gracious. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I do it, right? <laughs> I mean, shoot. That does Melting. sound, I mean, for real, though, that does sound like it would be kind of a downer yeah. you know, uh, for y'all. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not ideal. I yeah. mean, and but we've got, in the next week, you know, we got temps pushing down where highs are in the 40s, lows are in the 20s. So oh, yeah. I would, I'd call that, you know, um, typical weather. It's not like below averages i wouldn't say but we're getting to get good weather and the timing you know time of year so i'm mm-hmm. hoping with how bad it's been it's bound to pick up so i'm gonna go ahead and give her a six all right dude well that sounds like promising you know it's very realistic but promising it's that time of year man i appreciate you getting on with this i hope that uh this picks up for you and you get a get a crack at a deer up there because i know it means a lot to you work really hard at it appreciate what you do man and and hopping on the phone with us as well so uh Hope things go well for you the rest of the season. Absolutely. I appreciate it, and good luck to you guys as well. All right, now on the phone we've got Johnny Stewart. Not to be confused with the guy that owns Bass Pro Shops. This is a guy <laughs> in Pennsylvania who is a public land deer killer. He is a good hunter. Johnny, what's been going on, man? Um, not much. Trying to get a little hunting in. Um, just kind of it's that time of year, waiting, waiting for the rut. Yeah, so – Talk about what kind of habitat you typically are hunting. Is it hill country or what's it look like? Actually, uh, Pennsylvania, I live near Pittsburgh. I travel, I have a camp north. I've been putting a lot of time into there, but it's hard when you're, you know, you don't live close to where you're hunting, but, um, it's mountain bucks, but actually the area, um, some people can get confused with mountains. Um, it is considered the Allegheny mountain change, but kind of the area I'm hunting is really flat, gradual, um, kind of, they call it the plateaus makes it kind of difficult uh, not having the terrain. I feel like it's easier to hunt terrain, not easier. It's all hard when you're hunting in the mountains, but sure. um, a lot of browse up in that area, no mast. Um, some areas have mast, but no, no acorns this year. And the beach we're producing the last few years, nothing's happening. So it's pretty much hunting, <clears throat> browsing deer that roam a lot. So it's a, diff- it's a challenge, but I like it. Yeah, no, that sounds a lot like where we hunt. We hunt real flat country too. If you see a, if you if you hear somebody say hey over over on that ridge in our country um it's like a six inch rise you know what i mean it's like you can't really see it you just got to walk up on it and there's no water there you know so i understand that flat roaming uh browse country because we've got the same type of stuff down here and it it makes it difficult and and like you said the the elevation uh helps to kind of funnel deer so let's talk a little bit about what you focus on i mean it sounded like beach was something you were looking at um but what do you typically focus on this time of year so a big thing for me is hunting pressure. So they just had uh, here in PA up where I hunt is it was a rifle bear or a muzzle loader. There was an orange army out 
and they're hitting the clear cuts and pushing all the good habitat, which a lot of people like to go to. But I kind of just, I like the, I feel like the bigger deer that I'm hunting are going to just satellite them areas, maybe hit them at night. Um, they're just kind of like a different creature. They don't want to be bothered at all. And the weather was a little bit warm. So um, getting down near creek bottoms, but sometimes that's tough with uh, the winds maybe swirling. But um, I find a lot of these deer are always scent checking the areas, um, especially this time of year with does coming into heat and other bucks in their area. Um, like the biggest beer I, deer I find will be like the furthest downwind on flat. Like I got like a flat, then it gradually, there is elevation change. Maybe the area I'm at, maybe 100 feet. Um, and then further downstream, you can keep following the creek to where you, you can get the 400 feet elevation, but that's like miles downstream. It's like mm-hmm. Um, on the top where um, there's a watershed on each side of this flat, but um, they're just there. Um, they're lazy. I, not lazy. I find how they're, 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 their navigation is just very efficient through the woods, not going at this time of year when the rut isn't happening yet. Um, just kind of, you think some, you see rubs on a flat and this and that sign. You think sometimes um, there are deer that travel at night a lot. I've seen deer that travel a mile checking scrapes in different areas where they're going to breed does and i'm like this one deer i'm hunting he's just i think he's hanging out right there and claiming that territory and not just kind of just getting he's just like a satellite he's there he knows what's going on he's not a mile away sure. but like i said it's all personality type and the deer itself some of them she's travel a lot but sometimes the older ones kind of know where they want to be and just hang out and uh so yeah i've just been checking i was i just got home from up there and i, I was up there I've got a lot of cameras running and mainly in areas where I can check um, without bumping deer where I'm kind of know where maybe he's feeding at night. I might bump a doe here or there, but to, to gauge where the, um, you know, where they're, are they starting at daylight or still nighttime. Um, so I just keep an eye. And then when I hunt now, I usually hunt before light, um, my most productive spot. And sometimes I go in at light. It's kind of like a toss up, which is better because sometimes, mm. um, you go in before light and it's calm, heavy frost, and, and maybe they were hanging out right there. Um, since it's so flat and they roam and there's brows that you, you got to be careful bumping them. It's tough to get in. Yeah. Well, sometimes sure. I like going in after light, but I'll get out at noon or 10, 11, whenever I feel. I'll check cameras, study my my Spartan Forge. I'm always looking at that and deciding, just really fine tune it, always learning, never stop scouting and finding. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking for that doe that comes into heat uh, up around the end of October, 27, 26, 29, because I know there's a very few of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm finding them. And I ask other hunters, you've seen the scrape, you've seen it. Not yet, they just started. So what I've been scraping my area. So to me, that's telling me like something's going to happen soon. So. Yeah, man, we're coming up on that week for sure. And uh, I'll lo- really look forward to that late October stuff. And I know you do too. So if you were going to look at kind of what you had coming up uh you know what's the one thing that you're going to concentrate on and then if you could predict deer movement on a scale to one to ten over the next week what what would that look like so do i think the number one i'm going to go back up and hunt this upcoming week um weather might be a little warm but i think i'm going to just look with on them scrapes um see where the where the rubs are i feel like that buck's close Stay in tight. Watch your wind. Um, they're still not out of your mind, out of their skull, and, and they're going to be using that wind. And you're going to play the edge, get scent free, and, and um, you know, get ready for them to start chasing does. 
Awesome. Cool. Well, from a scale to one to ten, what's it going to be, man? I'd say about a six and a half. Oh, yeah. I got some hadsies in there. Johnny, there's a bunch of people that are mad at me right now because I, I said the owner of Bass Pro is Johnny Stewart. I realize it's Johnny Morris. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, that's okay, still- man. You can own Bass Pro Shops, too, even though your name's Stewart, man. Okay, so. Hey, thanks for, for hopping on the phone with this man and giving us a good report. Yeah, no problem. If you can't tell, the big buck hype is real this time of year, guys. October is when things start happening, and it's super exciting. Things have happened for us lately, actually. We had a buddy of ours kill a really big buck over a scrape in South Dakota. That video is on the Element channel if you want to check out kind of how that went. And then we actually go in-depth on the Element podcast as well and talk about some of those tactics involved with hunting scrapes in October. And by the way, Mark Kenyon poses the question in a recent article on Wired to Hunt of if October is the new November for deer hunters. I don't know how on board with that I am. You might want to go read what Mark has to say about that. These things can really help you as we push into November because guess what, guys? That's the rut. This is Rut Fresh. Keep it fresh. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. 